The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Fill her up. You're listening to the Gas Digital Network. Conceive, believe, achieve. Shut the f*** up. <laughs> You're listening to Believe You Me with Michael the Count Bisbing. And Anthony Lionheart Smith. Boom. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm joined by the one, the only, the great, the original Ultimate Fighter cast member, the uh, the BattleBots commentator, PFL commentator, all round nice guy, three time world challenger, man with the greatest smile in all of mixed martial arts, <laughs> and one of the best goddamn podcasts on mixed martial arts in planet Earth. <laughs> Kenny Florian, what's up, Kenny? I knew I missed you more than just talking to you. I just just getting that intro, man. Wow. Damn, I missed you. Come on. Damn, I missed you. I was thinking about you in bed last night. (laughs) (laughs) Really? Wow. This is a whole different podcast. Well, it's 2024. Come on, man. (laughs) No, I was thinking about you in bed. I was led in bed. Let me rephrase that. I was led in bed last night. For a lot of people. Yeah. You're a good looking guy. You're a handsome dude. Uh, <laughs> and um, I was thinking, <laughs> I was thinking about the show, just what to talk about and whatnot. Okay. And I was thinking, do you remember the first time we ever met? So, well, obviously. Because I do. Right. So I remember the first time, well, we, well, we competed. Uh, we were on, you were on Ultimate Fighter season three. Three. Right? Three. Yeah. So I, I remember. We fought on that card. I, I was the main event or the opener. I forget. You were the main. Okay, main, main event. Okay, Mister Mister Humble. Was that the main event? Yeah. You fought, <laughs> you fought Diego Sanchez at one hundred and eighty-five pounds, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. So, so that what so was it? That time when we met for the first time was that the first time? So I was there. I was in Vegas six weeks before the fight. Long story, visa right. issues, um, and we you took us training. Me and an old training partner of mine. We went to no Las way. Vegas Athletic Club. Yeah, and I remember sitting in the back of the car thinking, "This is Kenny Florian," and you're probably <laughs> thinking, "Who's this?" cocky, bald, skinhead. I can't understand the word he's saying, dickhead, in the back of my car. And we we went training one day, and you That's clearly don't you. remember. But yeah, I, do, I do not, damn. Yeah, and you were telling me about, um, I think it was then. Oh, no, maybe that wasn't then, but one time you were training, you were leaving to go for a flight or something, and you were yeah. just packing your suitcase, and you pulled your back out. That can't have been then, because that was... Yeah, yeah, maybe. yeah, but it was around that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's so yeah. funny, man. Wow. That's, That's how far cool. we go back. Teddy. And I was nice to you. Did I did I look you in the eye and address you? Well, you yeah, you did. You did. You wouldn't look me in the eye. You said you're gonna call me Mister Florian. <laughs> exactly. Okay. okay. All right. That sounds you, more you, like me. You, okay. You're still you're still an Ultimate Fighter cast member. You're not in the UFC, so you know, slowly <laughs> okay, roll okay. and hold the door and all the rest of it. Kenny, um, we're gonna talk about some things going on in mixed martial arts, of course. Uh, but you have had an incredible career. You know, obviously now you're a commentator. You used to be with the UFC, now with the PFL. As I said at the start, BattleBots and a bunch of other TV work. I worked with you 
for a long time at Fox Studios. Great days back then, some great laughs. And, you know, that feels like a long time ago now. But uh, just want to say congrats, man, on such an incredible career, fighting for the belt three times. Thank you, man. I I think my my thing that I'm most proud of is I think when I scared you on uh, the Halloween episode of the ultimate <laughs> of UFC of UFC tonight. That was uh, no no that, that was that was good times, man. I miss working with you and uh, yeah, it's been a fun road, man. You know, it's crazy. Even you know when we were doing when you were doing the Ultimate Fighter back in the day. I, obviously, I was on a couple seasons before. We had no idea that it would blow up to be this big, man. You know, I think we we all had hoped. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and that was the the aspirations of the organization of, of the the fighters and all that stuff. But to see where it is now, man, it's it's amazing. It's amazing, and 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 in a relatively short amount of time, you know, it's just a testament to the fighters, the organizations involved in MMA, and and where we're at now. It's uh, it's been pretty cool to be a part of, man. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely, and I fully agree with everything you said. When you look back at your career, Kenny, is the one fight that stands out that you're particularly proud of or a high moment for you? Yeah, you know, I think back when I was fighting, the the one fight that I really wanted for a very long time was against a gentleman named Takanori Gomi. He was like, you know, the, the best 155-pounder for a long time. He was over in pride, and I think there was this perception at the time in particular where it was like, UFC guys are amazing, and most of those guys are the best, but some of those pride guys, they're the absolute best. They're the best of the best. They had the huge crowds and all that stuff. So there was always this discussion of, like, what would happen if the best from pride fought the best in the UFC, yada, yada, yada. So for me, you know, he was like that that guy that I always wanted to fight. And I was lucky enough that when he came over to the UFC, I got to be his first fight, you know, in the UFC. And so I, I consider that a huge gift, um, you know, to, to get the opportunity to compete against him. And luckily it went my way. I was able to get the win. And um, so for me, that was like a dream fight scenario. I always thought like, ah, oh, maybe one day it's going to happen in Japan. But it was pretty cool. It actually happened <clears throat> uh, in, in the States. And um, what well, was was cool to get a win against a legend like Gomi, man. Would I mean to fight him in Japan would have been amazing. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I've never been to Japan. It's on my bucket list. I started off doing Japanese jiu-jitsu. I've traveled oh, all over the world go. and I've still never been to Japan. Um, did you commentate out there or did you fight I there? Did. I did. I I I did two events out there. One which was Brian Stan Vanderlei Silva, which was uh uh pretty crazy. crazy. So yeah, it man, Japan is awesome. You gotta go one of these days and uh you you'll you'll have a blast, dude. Yeah, yeah, can't wait. Right, so listen, there's a clip doing the rounds at the moment on Twitter this morning, and I guess we'll start with this because it's a good segue. Yeah. As you said, you didn't realize the sport. Well, we didn't realize. Of course, Dana White, the UFC, they had this vision that they were able to realize, and now it is, I'd say, it's the biggest combat sport on the planet. Obviously, boxing is still incredible, but, yeah. you know, it's always been there. I think more and more younger people, I don't even need to finish my thought. You know what I'm saying. Um, and John Anik is uh, we got the little clip here. Let's play it for context, Brian. Harrington just put it in the chat. John Anik, he just can't take it anymore. <laughs> I love John. It's like, as the sport gets bigger, you get more fans, you get more assholes. You know what I mean? If I look at my comment section <laughs> on, on this huge, on, on this podcast, I mean, I do look at the comment section. <laughs> You're a sadist. I like it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You look at the good ones. You think that guy's smart. Then you see the bad ones. You're like, this guy's a dickhead. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> you pick and choose. Brian, are we able to play that clip, please? Even if you and I both thought Drake is Duplessis won the fight, 
we try to present that information respectfully. And when I go on to X or I go to our YouTube comments, it seems like a lot of these fans are just in attack mode. And I don't know if these fans are casual fans or not, right? But I appreciate the passion, but I'm getting to a point at 45 years of age where I don't know how much time I have left in this MMA space because if I go do pro football, like I'm not necessarily going to be dealing with this lowest common denominator all the time. And I don't know, man, I just feel like there's a lot of malice and disrespect from the fan base and we can disagree. Like, don't take it from me. Demetrius Johnson and Kenny Florian thought DDP won the fight. I don't know. I've just been very off put with the negativity that has permeated my feed since Saturday night. And I'm just not sure how much longer I have in this space, honestly. Yeah. Listen, man, I, I, I think. Well, first of all, nobody wants to see John Anik retire. That's for <laughs> yes. damn sure. Um, yes. Was he just frustrated in the moment? Because the thing is, Strickland does have a very passionate, loyal fan base. And he, he does kind of connect with a certain demographic, shall we say. Do you know what I'm saying? But uh, and, and they have his back massively. I had Drickus Duplessis winning in a close fight. How did you score that one, Kenny? Sounds like it was the same. Yeah, I had Drickus as well, man. I, you know... <clears throat> I don't know Sean personally. I've never trained with him or anything like that. Um, you know, clearly a, a controversial uh, figure right now, I guess, in sports in general. Um, and but you know, he he's going to say what he's going to say. You know, um, I, I actually you know gave him a, a few awards as like biggest upset, different things that we did at the end of the year for the Anakin Florian podcast. So, you know, um, you know, I, I'm. I, I don't hate him. I don't like him. I, I have no bias or whatever. And I think he's a great fighter. I think he's a fantastic fighter. I just think he was edged out by Drickus um, mm. in that some of those rounds, you know, it's like sometimes we can weave certain narratives through a round and make it look like we won or did a little thing a little bit more effectively than another person, even sometimes with just body language alone. Like I always talk about, I think it was um, Jalen, uh, it was Jalen and Hooker uh, when they fought back in the day. And, you know, I felt like some of the shots that Jalen was landing on Dan Hooker, you know, were great shots, but Dan wasn't really uh, reacting to it as much. And then Dan would land a shot on Jalen. Jalen would kind of overreact to it or kind of wince or do something. And those little things sometimes could be the difference between winning a round or losing a round. Mm. You know, and I, I think that Drickus did a good job of backing uh, Strickland up in some very critical points of the rounds. I thought he landed some good shots at critical points. He was landing some good kicks, I thought. He landed some good takedowns. And those little things, when we're talking about a fight that was close, and it was absolutely close, um, I thought he was able to to swing swing the uh, vote over to his side uh, because of that, and you know what? If Strickland won, I wouldn't have had a problem with that either. Either it was that close. I just mm. thought that Drickus did enough based on what we've seen. I thought Drickus did enough. Now, um, you know, in regards to John's situation, you know, I, I think it can be frustrating. You know, we we all. I would love to say that I've never been bothered by what people have said online. Um, I think as as a fighter, as an analyst, a, as a commentator, whatever, um, you can succumb to that. You know, we're, we're all human. We can all kind of um, see some of the comments and get down on it a little bit. And I think mm. that John, as you know, is one of the hardest working guys, if not the hardest working guy, uh, you know, in, in what he does in his role. Um, and. There's a tremendous amount of work that goes in each and every show. He does his best to do that. And especially a role like his, 
where he's just kind of calling action and stuff. And, you know, I think we're probably more susceptible to that role because we're offering more criticisms and, you know, uh, thoughts Hello? of what is, yeah. Whereas he's kind of just calling action and for him to kind of get that criticism, he's like, man, what the heck, you know, like I, yeah. I didn't, he's not even saying anything that controversial. I think for anyone who really knows the sport, one thing you can't agree on is that that fight was close. And to say it's a robbery one way or the other, I think it's just fans that either bet on Strickland that are ride or die fans of Strickland or people that, you know, quite frankly, maybe don't know the sport well enough. And, and, and that's going to happen too, you know? Well, I think you hit the nail on the head there with maybe don't know the sport enough because Strickland has tapped into a fan base, you know, with the whole freedom thing and all the rest of it. Right. America, and, yeah. you know, I'm all for freedom. I'm all for America. I choose to yeah. live here, of course. Yeah. Uh, but if you don't know the sport, you know, that they were close. And I, I don't want to repeat the show that we did previous to this one. At the end, I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. Yeah. I think I thought Strickland, uh, sorry, Drickers would have it. But I was like, if, if Strickland got it, I wouldn't have had a problem. I do think the fact that he just fought behind the jab pri primarily and he didn't really do anything else. I think Drickers going forward, pushing the pace, landing the bigger shots and just being more aggressive kind of yeah. swayed it a little bit for the judges. Yeah. Uh, going back to John's comments there, I think, you know, ultimately, it's kind of a good thing if you think about it, because as you said, the sport has grown massively from where it was. Mm. And I think anytime there's growth, more people get involved and start watching it. That's just the way it's going to be. Yeah. I mean, football, soccer, English football, biggest, biggest sport on planet Earth, biggest right. sport on planet Earth. And the problem problems that they have with those fans is out of control. Like right now, there's a whole, I forget who it was because I'm not the biggest football fan, as you know, yeah. but I keep an eye on it, one eye. Uh, and and <laughs> um, I keep a blind eye on it, but um, there's something going on right now because all the football players, you know, they were all, they were all imitating monkey noises to a black player and all the rest of it. And, and then, of course, there's always riots and massive fights and hooliganisms and all the rest of it. Yeah. The bigger the sport the bigger the issues and, and the bigger the fan base and the bigger the fan base, you're going to get some dickheads along for the ride as well. Totally. Totally. Agree. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So anyway, and we're not calling you all dickheads, by the way. <laughs> Just some. <laughs> yeah, some of you. You know who you are. Come at us in the comment section. Notice where Kenny's like, okay, Michael. All right. You're calling them dickheads. Great. All right. Today's episode is sponsored by Prize Picks, which is the biggest daily fantasy sports platform with over 3 million members and the easiest way to play DFS. Just you against the numbers. Pick more or less. It really is that simple. And by the way, you know, the big game is right around the corner. Prize Picks is the easiest and most exciting way to turn every game-changing moment into potentially 100 times your money. With as little as four correct picks, you can turn $10 into $1,000. Oh, also, you want to play Prize Picks alongside some of your favorite players like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the promo tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the Prize Picks community every week. Price Picks even offers injury insurance so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for football and basketball games as well. Speaking of basketball, this weekend we got some action. All you got to do is pick more or less. Steph Curry, will he get more or less than 29 points? Very simple. And Nikola Jokic, is he going to get more or less than 10 rebounds? Anthony Davis, will he get more or less than two blocks? 
And Damian Lillard, will he get more than four three-pointers made? If you know the answer, if you want to take a pick, if you want to make some money and have a little bit of fun, then all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash believe. Use the promo code believe for a deposit match of up to $100. One more time, prizepicks.com slash believe. Use the code believe for a deposit match of up to $100. You, This was not scheduled because of this, I reached out to you a few weeks ago yeah. and said, um, would you mind jumping on the podcast one Thursday? And you said, yeah, absolutely. And I thought it'd be great for all times. Um, but Kayla Harrison has just yes. signed with the UFC. So it seems like I've reached out straight away because of this. Uh, but Kayla Harrison coming over to the UFC, obviously a tremendous mixed martial artist, highly accredited, one of the best judo players ever. Uh, former champion, or did she retire as the champ? I know she had that one loss to. So she did. Pacheco. She not. She did not retire as the champ, but uh, she did have a loss where she wasn't able to repeat as champ, and <clears> then <throat> she just she had just come back uh, and fought um, just kind of like a, a super fight, uh, yeah, if you yeah. will, and won. Okay, so, yeah. So, but that was at one fifty-five, one hundred thirty-five pounds. That was at 150, I think, technically. They had like, yeah, so, yeah, she fought Aspen Ladd. It was supposed to be at 145. Someone dropped out, so she slipped in. They just kind of did a catch weight because there was a late replacement. So she was supposed to fight uh, Julia Budd uh, and fought uh, Aspen Ladd instead. But, yeah, so interesting that's going to be at 135 pounds, man, you know. Um, Yeah, I, I think that. Kayla has been amazing to watch. I think she's going to be a huge star, a huge asset to the UFC. She's the full package. You know, um, I think she's great on the mic. She's a great fighter. She has the, the, the pedigree leading up to this, a two-time gold medalist in judo. No American has ever done that, male or female. Um, so she certainly has the athleticism, the ability, uh, the focus, the mindset, Um I find it really interesting. She's going to fight at 135 pounds. I know her last cut to, I think, which was 150 pounds, was super easy for her. Um, you know, she's been dialing everything in uh, to do that. I know she's been wanting to fight in the UFC for a while. She wants to face the absolute best. The PFL does not have a 135-pound division. Um, and she start things off uh, against a legend in Holly Holm. So uh, th- that's not necessarily an easy fight for her either. You know, you have Holly mm-hmm. who was able to upset uh, the last uh, great judo-based MMA fighter, Ronda Rousey, in that division. So I, I think there's kind of a little interesting story there. Um, and, you know, Holly certainly uh, a little bit older than the last time she faced Ronda, right? But uh, she's always going to be a threat. She always comes in tremendous shape. Uh, she's she's been working on her grappling last few years, so I think it's going to be an interesting fight, and it's setting Kayla up for quite the introduction, I think, in, in the mm. UFC as a woman. You know, you beat someone like Holly Holm, people are going to know your name, um, and I think that that helps her that much more. And I think she could be setting herself up to be a big star in that in that division, which I think really needs a star at this point. So it, it it's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, well, as you said, needs a star. I mean, they just had the bantamweight title at the weekend. Uh, Ryan Clark from DC and RC had a bit of a controversial take. I don't know if you saw that. No. Uh, Harrington, I don't want to say this. I don't want to repeat it. This is not my words, and I wasn't going to bring it up, but you just said needs a star, and I've got ADD, so it pops in there. (laughs) (laughs) Harrington, the floor is yours. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, I did. On. First of all, you're not going to adge- address the great Kenny Florian. <laughs> what are you talking about? Florian? How dare you, sir? No, Dude, this guy <laughs> knows 
This guy knows the wedge, the the greatest combat sports athlete on the planet, Mister Battlebot himself. So yeah, of course, uh, Mister Florin, it's a it's a it's a pleasure to speak to you. Good again. to see um, you again, man. Yeah. So uh, um, yeah, RC on uh, DC and RC uh, had a comment this week, essentially saying uh, that if that is the level of competition that they are going to have uh, at the the bantamweight division, then it's time to just shutter the whole thing. Uh, these are two ladies who came in with a game plan. It clearly went out the window, and it was a pretty sloppy affair uh, over five rounds. Yeah. I mean, do you want gotcha. the first take? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. Listen, it, it, was it the best fight? No, it, it was not, right? And and I, I we talked about this on, on the podcast with John, and I was saying, hey, listen, I, I think there's certain divisions that are going to have gaping holes in talent in depth things like that it's just it's the nature of the sport we're still growing especially when it comes to women's mma right uh, the, the the men had a big head start o- o- over a, a women's mixed martial arts in the ufc certainly so because of that i think we're much further developed and you know i, exactly. I think just just yeah, just based on the history of the sport so it takes you, know, you go to any mixed martial arts gym right now and you count all the men up and you count how many women are involved and who are fighting there's going to be a huge discrepancy of how many men there are compared to women so because of that you know the level's not going to be as high that that that's the yeah. main thing and i think that it's taking them some time and right now there's certain divisions i i think like uh the 205 pound division of the UFC for a little while was a little bit dead. It wasn't so interesting. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden now it's pretty dang interesting. So um, you're going to get those lulls in talent or competition at times in, in certain divisions. Even, you know, when Demetrius Johnson was champ, people were talking about, hey, the 125 pound division, there's nobody out there for him. We need more competition. Now that division is unbelievable, right? So that was, you go back several years to where they are now. The sport's growing, it's evolving, it takes time. Um, and then sometimes just certain weird stuff happens. So I agree with Ryan that, hey, the fight was not the best. Should we throw it out all, you know, completely now? No. It, the 145-pound division probably makes more sense just because there's not enough uh, women mm-hmm. probably that are competing in that division. But I think the 135-pound division um, still it, it is growing, still has some good talent in there. Uh, we just kind of have to wait for the sport to kind of build and, and get those stars to kind of climb up the ladder a little bit more. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and of course, Ryan's entitled to his opinion, but I agree yeah. with everything what, what, what you just said there because I think, I mean, listen, look at men and look at women, right? And this is, of course, women are great athletes, but I think men just have more of an ambition to fight professionally. There's, there's totally. obviously not all men want to do that. And not all women want to do that, but I think the percentage of men that look and get kind of turned on for want of a better expression by the thought of fighting, it, there's a lesser percentage of women right. that get turned on at the thought of wanting to fight. When I go pick up my son from uh, where he trains, there's girls in the class, yeah. but it's 70-30 in right. terms of boys to girls. You know what I mean? And that's just how it is. Uh, Amanda Nunes recently retired. Um Kayla Harrison's going to come in. She's going to make a big wave. She's got a big introduction at UFC 300. She hasn't got an easy fight against Holly Holm either. No. So, uh, listen, you know, Ryan Clark, I'm proud of you for having the balls to say that. <laughs> but come on, brother. Come on. Harrington, jump on the show, please, and throw a little mixed martial arts topical story at the great Ken Flo. Okay. Uh, how about how about Something this good. Uh, I, this is pretty good. Pretty juicy. All right. Um, all right. So- 
Tom Aspinall uh, says that he was contacted uh, by the UFC about fighting Stipe Miocic on April 13th, which you might know is the date of UFC 300. He said immediately, yes, absolutely, I'm in. Uh, they went back to Stipe, and Stipe apparently said, no, the only person he's interested in fighting right now is John Jones, so that fight won't be happening. Tom then said, I'm done with all this. Let the two greats fight for, for the legacy belt. Congratulations to them. Yeah. Yeah, tough situation, man. I, I think that, um, you know, I, I, I want to be clear because last time I was saying, you know, hey, Stipe and John Jones have established themselves as legends. Now, Tom is, is a certified legend as well, but he hasn't been around the sport as long as those guys. Those guys are like have won the belt many times over. They've been part of some of the biggest UFC events in history, you know, huge names. And I think that for two guys that, have been at their level, have been in the sport for so long. For them, it's probably more worth it to say, hey, let me face another legend that's run around my era, that can bring in a lot of money for me, um, and I kind of right off into the sunset, you know, win or lose. I don't think they see that same advantage as, <clears throat> say, Tom Aspinall, right? Tom Aspinall doesn't probably click all those boxes. Now, Tom may very well be more dangerous than both of those guys. He might. I, I don't know if he is. He might. So if I'm a, a legend at the end of my career and I say, hey, I just give me one more fight, I don't know if they want that fight to be against Tom Aspinall for a couple yeah. different reasons. First of all, you don't want to get smashed by someone like that who's still, again, interim champion, great champion, may go on to be one of the best heavyweight champions of all time, but he's not there yet yet. Right. So I think they want to get out and kind of put push Tom away and go, I don't want any part of that. Probably in the same way that Tom Aspinall, when he's looking at other fights right now in the heavyweight division for fights that make sense for him, he's going, I don't know if a lot of these fights make sense for me. So you mm. see kind of the different levels and where they're at in their careers. So I, I think that's where the pause is coming from. Now, would I want to see that fight? Absolutely. I would love to see Tom Aspinall against one of those guys. I think it makes a lot of sense, but it's got to be frustrating for Tom at the same time, who just won the interim belt in dramatic fashion and fantastic fashion. And now is going, well, no one wants to play with me. What am I supposed to do? Yeah, and, yeah. and it's tough. It's really a tough situation, not only for him, but for the UFC, I'm sure as well, because now what do you do with this interim champ? Who knows when John Jones comes back? If he does come back, you know, there could be another injury. There could be another situation. Stipe gets hurt. Things get pushed down the line. Now we're two years from this date, and now it's, ah. Uh, so I don't know. I hope that fight does come to fruition. I think it can. But uh, for Tommy, man, I, I don't know. I don't know what spot he's in right now. I, I All good situations in some ways, but he might be on the back burner for a little bit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, so I was talking to my wife Rebecca when 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 I read this story, and I was like, I kind of get it. And right. she was like, Well, what do you mean? She said, I know for a fact, if you were offered that fight, you would take it. I said, Yeah, few things. One, I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I was, I was like, but the, but but all jokes aside, I'm like, you illustrate my point perfectly. Fighters need protecting from themselves. I said, any good manager, and by the way, Stipe is not an idiot. I'm not implying that for one second. Yeah. But any good manager worth their salt, and Tom isn't going to like it when I say this. I'm a friend of Tom. I'm a huge fan of his. I'm a big believer in him. We don't know who would win that fight between Tom or Stipe, right? But if you just look at it on paper, if you've got a guaranteed matchup against John Jones, the greatest of all time, you're almost 42 years old. You haven't fought in three years, right? You're going to fight 
John Jones potentially become the heavyweight champion of the world and then potentially retire. Or we can we can you can fight three months before that. And no disrespect to Tom, it's not the draw that John Jones is, right? Regardless of what people say that they've lost their appetite for that fight, it's still John Jones and it's still going to be a compelling fight, right? And at the end of it, you might be the interim champ. Why are you going to and, – and he's going to fight Jones a few months later. You know what I'm saying? You can fight right. in April or maybe August, September, you can fight John Jones. I hate to say it because, Tom, I love you, brother. The bigger fight is John Jones and – Potentially, you never know. Potentially, an easier matchup as well. So it just makes all the business sense in the world for Stepe Miocic. I think Tom will probably end up fighting somebody like a Cyril Garner or somebody like that. There's some fun fights out there for him, but uh, Tom actually said he said, "All right, that's it. I'll shut up now. I'll, I'll stop." Because <laughs> you, you got to feel for him. You go out there, you yeah. become champion of the world, uh, and you just want to solidify it and unify it, but. He's trying. He's trying to get those. Like as a fighter, as a guy who's trying to make again, make as much money in this game as you can. This is a dangerous game. You want to be able to get in, make as much money as you can, take advantage of the opportunities, and and, and get out the best that you can. Right. And and Tom's trying. He he's got two legends right now that are out there that are talking about fighting. Stipe and John Jones, and he's trying to throw his hat in the mix. He and and you got to give him credit for that. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but, uh, you know what? I think later on down the line, uh, Tom will, will get some good, uh, fights and some good matchups. Uh, like you said, Cyril gone. That's a, a very intriguing one for me. I, I'd love to see it. And, um, you know, I think Tom's going to be a great champion of the future. Oh yeah. Without that. Uh, let me ask you, Kenny, were you much of a weightlifter when you were, you know, strength training? You know, I mean, I know, do you really need me? Look at the way I look, man. I mean, no. come on, dude. What is it? No, no. It's, what day is it? Thursday. What is it? Uh, buys and tries today. It's Kenny. Buys and tries. Yeah, absolutely. Never skip like <laughs> yeah. that. I, uh, skip like that for sure. <laughs> no, no, I, uh, I did a lot of strength and conditioning. I wasn't like a power lifting guy at all. I, I just kind of did a lot of like functional stuff and a lot of like, stuff that would just kick my ass it's kind of like mimic a fight so i'd go like circuits and do all that stuff and then do a little bit of like power stuff but i was so like my technique was so bad at like olympic lifting at Probably yeah. why I hurt my back. But anyways, <laughs> that's all I do these days. I lift I, I really? run in the morning a little bit and then I lift weights. I sometimes nice. do a little jujitsu, hit the bag and whatnot. But yeah, I lift a lot. And the reason I bring that up is, so Tom, uh, there's a guy in England called Eddie Hall. He's one of the oh, strongest men in the world. You've Beast. seen Eddie Hall. Beast. Yeah. 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 Uh, nice guy. I met him a couple of times as well. Oh. And he's training in Tom's gym right now. And there's a video wow. on the rounds. Maybe you can find it, Brian. Uh, he gets knocked out. Well, he doesn't get knocked out, but he gets dropped by a head kick, of course, because you know he's not a professional mixed martial yeah. artist. But then he's got Tom lifting weights and Tom's lifting uh, 130 pounds in each hand doing reps of eight, yeah. right, which is ridiculous. Then Please. he's doing bench press. And at each side, there's 240 kilos, 240 kilos on each side, which is just ridiculous. I mean, the strength and the power of this man is just phenomenal. So I don't blame Steve for saying, you know what? <laughs> yeah. I'll just sidestep that one. Kenny, yeah. we're going to throw one more story at you. If you don't mind, before we let you go, Shoot. thanks for your time today. Um, you're a North Carolina boy these days. Yes, sir. Harrington, I haven't even looked at this. Harrington's put a story in here, as luck would have it, about North Carolina. Okay. Uh, something, and you're a father as well. We don't expect you to talk about your children and stuff like that. That's your private life. I don't but know Harrington, where this is going, but I'm excited. I don't, what do we got? Well, I don't know either. I just looked at the notes and I just saw it as you were talking. I'm like, oh, oh. So, Harrington, what's going on? 
Uh, so a North Carolina middle school, uh, they they said that they've noticed that kids are leaving class uh, sometimes as much as up to like nine, ten times a day uh, to go into the bathroom and use the mirrors there to film content uh, for the social media site TikTok. Well, the school had enough of it. And their answer was, we're just getting rid of all the mirrors. They took every mirror out of every bathroom. Uh <coughs> Um, yeah, in an effort to, to yeah, sorry about that. Um, in an effort to, uh, to to stop this. In addition, they now have a digital hall pass system, so these kids are going to have a much harder time getting out of class. Wow. Well, that so that's like the answer. Back in the day, back in the day, you just you know the, the kids in my class they'd go they'd go to the to the bathroom and they'd smoke a cigarette, and that would be the most controversial thing. Now now it's like TikTok. <laughs> it's amazing, dude. No, it is. It's like, it's like I'm not sure getting rid of the mirrors is the, right. is the idea. You know what I mean? They can yeah. see themselves in the phone. Do you know what right. I mean? They don't need a mirror to do a TikTok. How about I? I don't like it because my son Lucas, he goes to school. He takes his phone every day. Yeah. You know what I mean? I'm like, if I had a phone at school, if I had a phone at school, <laughs> do you think I'd be paying attention to the teacher? You pretending to do your lessons? Exactly. You're looking at watching YouTube videos with an earbud in? You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> Yeah, I'm not sure what we're meant to, where we're meant to go with that story, Harrington. But yeah, you know, what do you think about the decision to remove mirrors in the bathroom? Kid? Yeah. <laughs> Kids have a right to look at their own faces for Pete's sake. No, yes, I, uh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. The whole the whole phone thing is crazy with kids too, because I mean, you're 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 a veteran dad now, Mike. I'm I'm way behind you. I have to, a lot of catching up to do. But twenty two, like, almost twenty one, and fourteen. Every time I see pictures of your kids, I'm like, I saw them when they were little. Now they're massive. But anyways, um, you know, of like even like having the decision to give your kid a phone now, it's like I'm like, man, I I don't know when that date's gonna be. Like it's. But there's so much that just goes with that of just ha them oh, having yeah. a phone, you know. So anyway, yeah, no, no, no. It's a whole thing in our house because I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to say to Lucas because every time I look around, he's looking at his phone. So I'm trying to limit the screen time on his right. phone to do what to look at the TV. I mean, he goes training, he hangs out with his friends, he rides his bike, and all that type of stuff. Yeah. So he's not looking at a phone there, and he's he's a great kid. But I'm like, we were looking at TV when we were younger and he's right. not uh, hopefully not watching pornographic material. You know what I mean? He's watching some like dickhead YouTuber talking yeah. about whatever. Cause he always comes up and he's got some like random fact like that. Did you know? I'm like, where did you find that out? And he's like YouTube. <laughs> so, you know, but the problem is you can go down some deep rabbit holes on YouTube and certain websites that is available. That's uh, the truth. Kenny, uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, mate. Some great times when we worked on the Fox Studios. And thank you for ushering me along, showing me the ropes. <laughs> UDC. Who else was on there? We had a few. Uh, uh, Rashad. Chael. Woodley. Yeah. Chael. Yeah. yeah, some good times. Yeah, dude. I miss you, man. Uh, doing amazing work. And uh, yeah, you're killing it, bud. Yeah. All right, buddy. Well, listen, thanks for your time, Kenny. Uh, good luck you. with everything. Talk to you soon. All right, today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. And right now is the best time to take care of your mental health. If you haven't done it yet, then please give it a try and give it a try with BetterHelp. Why should you use BetterHelp? Well, it's extremely convenient. If you're thinking of giving therapy a try, it's all done online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and of course, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire. You get matched with a licensed professional therapist. And if you're not vibing, you're not gelling, you can switch therapists at 
at any time for no additional charge. As I say, you don't have to jump in the car, drive to the other side of town. You haven't got to pay for parking. You haven't got to deal with some receptionist walking in. You know, if you've got anxiety or addiction issues, an anger problem, whatever it is, if you're just going through a tough time in life, if you're just not feeling like you're making the most out of yourself. Speaking to somebody will help you with whatever demon it is on your shoulder. And we all have those demons. You know what I mean? They're always chirping away in the background. Get a hold of those little bastards by giving better help a try. Uh, as I said, it is so, so easy and you will not regret taking this first step. Okay. Visit betterhelp.com slash believe. You're going to get 10% off your first month. So it's a great offer as well. And as I say, it's the most convenient, easiest way to do it. Switch therapists at any time and get 10% off your first month when you go to betterhelp.com slash believe. All right, big thanks to Kenny Florian for jumping on. Loved working with that guy back in the Fox days. Brian, come on, man. You're a part of the show. Show yourself, brother. Hey, here I am. There he is, the voice of God. Fresh K is right. Fresh faced, yeah. Old yeah, clean shaven, shaved baby. This morning, just felt like it was time. I look really homeless. Do you? <laughs> how regularly do you shave? Because I can see you've you've properly shaved. Yeah, uh, I don't know. Whenever it feels like it's time, whenever I'm looking a little extra hillbilly, I'll uh, I'll shave it up. I haven't gone clean shaven. In years, I even talked about it to Rebecca recently. I said, I think I might go clean shaven. She went, no, don't, don't you dare. <laughs> the I ladies said, do I, not I, like it. Did they not? <laughs> no. I remember when I shaved my chest on the ultimate fighter. Cause I'd never, I had the skin edit, I had the hairy chest and everything. I'd never shaved my chest. You do look in better shape when you shave your chest, but everyone had shaved chests on there. So I shaved my chest on like one of the final days. And when I got back, you know, I hadn't seen Rebecca for a while. We'll leave that there. She's like, I feel like I've just slept with a little boy. That's hilarious. <laughs> and another, I'll tell you what, another thing that they were doing on the Ultimate Fighter, when I coached uh, season 14, right, American fighters, and this is not an American versus UK thing or anything like that, they shave their legs. The male fighters shave their legs. Yeah, probably to stop from those little fucking ingrown hair, like getting like infections and pulling your hair out and shit. I'm sure it sucks. Well, well, the, the UK fighters don't shave. I mean, I don't shave my legs. I'd never shave my legs, but I was getting shamed every day. Every it's time the I go world, to the, Mike. they're like, they're hairy legs, Bisping, they're hairy legs. So one day, <laughs> I'm back at the little apartment that I had, and I shared it with Tiki Golson. And I was like, I was using my beard trimmer on my face. I thought, fuck it, I'll have a go. No. <laughs> and I, I shaved one leg. Do you know what I mean? And then I stopped and I looked at it and I shouted out, Tiki, I've made a terrible mistake. Oh, and he so came running in thinking something really bad had happened. He's like, what's wrong? What's wrong? I said, I've shaved one of my legs. And he was just laughing his head off. And then the next day, was obviously I had to shave the other one. Have to. In, I walked in the next day, my legs are white as hell, North England, you know what I mean? <laughs> and and it just, it was so obvious, and I just had the piss taken out of me for weeks. Uh, should have just been like, you should have just shaved one and said you were like doing like a, a thing you saw in a music video. Yeah, there I don't you know. go, there you go. <laughs> um, I saw a tweet from Paolo Costa recently, getting back on track. We'll get off the shaved legs. Uh, yeah, and, and, and the whole manscaping thing, and the shaved balls as well, you know, I do it when I do my chest, you know what I mean? Which is not 
you know, I do. When I shave my chest, then I shave the downstairs. The two go together. Right. When I'm doing sure. my grooming, it's an all-in-one job. I'm busy for the next hour. Um, <laughs> Paolo Costa put a tweet out saying, who are the most hated fighters right now in the UFC? <laughs> Name the current most hated fighter. So anyway, so I retweeted that. I didn't retweet. I, I comment tweeted it with, uh, where is it? What did I say? I said, who's your top five most annoying because hated is a strong word that we don't like to spread hate guys we're not spreading hate speech uh but hated is a strong word but annoying some fighters can get annoying so i was curious as to who people might think is the most annoying fighters right now now i may or may not have been doing a little bit of research for a youtube video that i may or may not drop soon uh <laughs> let me ask who would be on your list boys who's Three, the most right annoying the fighter Right off the top of my head, I have three really quickly is uh, Ian Gary, Patty Pimblett, Conor McGregor. Uh, I mean, he's just he's so fucking aggravated. I follow him on Twitter and it's just obnoxious sometimes. Come on, dude. Yeah. So so the first comment here is from Ant Evans. You know, Ant Evans. Yeah. uh, Mm -hmm. He's been on here before. He said (laughs) this is actually pretty funny. He goes, Ian Gary, Ian Gary's wife, (laughs) Ian Gary's bull. Ian Gary, Ian's wife's name, Gary. <laughs> Short strip. <laughs> so so he, he went deep on the Ian Gary. Uh, I love Hamza, but his I'll see you soon tweets after any relevant fighter wins is getting annoying. Um, no negativity. Top five favorite fighters Khalil, Alonzo Menafield, Gregory Rodriguez, Natalia Silva, Matt Frabola. That's a nice list. Uh, someone here is most annoying Juliana Pena, Ian Gary, Colby Covington, Hamzat Chimeyev, Conor McGregor. Harrington, what say you? You've been very quiet over there. Well, no, I mean, I think like for, for me, you know, when Brian said three, I figured Colby for sure had to be on that list. Um, it's easy you know, I round like- out for the rest of the five. Yeah, like I do. I, I, I like his annex and I get that he's selling a fight. But when you go that hard and then don't deliver, it stops being entertaining and it starts like shifting towards the annoying for me, at least. And not only that, but he breaks kayfabe all the time. Fucking go all in. Don't let us know. You know what I mean? Make us wonder if this is a character or not. But the fact that we know that you're playing a character makes it a little fucking corny. Yeah, yeah, and, and you're absolutely right. I do think right now Colby belongs on that list. Listen, the man's always historically, ever since that fight with Damian Meyer, I think it was, talked a lot of shit, you know, when he was uh, insulting all the Brazilians, and that's when, like, this new persona was born. Uh, the whole Leon Edwards things, the, the the way he promoted that, what he said at the press conference, not showing up for the fight is another one, but the fight that at the ceremonial weigh-ins, he actually said, hey, I was just in character. I was just in character. It's like, number one, that doesn't excuse what you said. You know what I mean? But, uh, yeah, Colby Covington, got to be on that list as well. So, I speaking of reading the comments, somebody in the comments for last week said that he was, like, at the weigh-ins, he was trying to get under Leon's skin more by saying, I thought I was just a character. Like, you weren't going to let anything I say affect you. I'm just a character, right? Then why are you mad about me talking about your dad? That's and it's I like, if it. that's the case, fuck you doubly. <laughs> well, exactly. You know yeah. I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let us know in the comment section that we will look at. Uh, <laughs> who is your most annoying fighter? And I might use it as inspiration for a video that will be going down sometime soon. Uh, I'll tell you what you didn't put in the notes, Harrington. Conor McGregor's acting debut, the promote the trailer dropped today. 
Well, what's well, that face? Would, would you like face? me to find the Roadhouse trailer? Find the, trailer the Roadhouse trailer. All I'm going to say is this. Look, listen, it's his first gig, and God bless him. Good for him. I was out in Bulgaria in 2022 filming Red Sonja. My biggest part yet. I'm quite proud of it. It was a nice, big, chunky role. Got a bit of uh, range in there as well. You know, it's, it's, it's a good part. Um, McGregor because he was on set as well, just started randomly fucking insulting me on Twitter. Oh, remember that show that you did? Yeah, me neither. Nobody else does. Blah, 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 <laughs> and all the rest of it. And anyway, if I was so petty, which I'm not, you know, I could see that trailer today and be like, don't give up your day job, bro. But, you know, <laughs> hey, God bless him. Good for him. No doubt going to be a big, big, big success. Let's have a look at the trailer because we can play trailers yep. on YouTube. Boom, go. It, before we start, do you have insurance? What? Your coverage good? Like, you have dental? Oh, haha. -ha. Is there a hospital nearby? Is it like too far? Yeah, about like 25 minutes, I'd say. Uh, I just slapped you. Are you all right? What? That bit was cool. I like the way he paused the slap. You ever win? No one ever wins a fight. This is just like a complete remake. This ain't the holiday in, pal. Yeah, just pause yeah, it, Brian, a second. Just pause it. Because I loved the first Roadhouse movie. No, 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 yeah, we'll go back to it. I loved the first Roadhouse movie. You know what I mean? Yes, there's some UFC scenes in there, and I'm not shitting on the film, but um, so far it seems like the same movie, and they've just remade it, like even the scene in the hospital. Have you guys seen the first one? I don't like Dalton having a backstory. I like meeting Dalton at a random bar. And then he's just Dalton. We just take I don't, it at face value. I'm all for backstories, right? There's another clip of just McGregor's bits, but whatever, whatever. It's fine. We'll play it. Um, I'm fun. just saying, because the premise, of course, is that, you know, there's a dive bar somewhere. It's under a lot of trouble. It, there's big fights there every week. They've got to clean it up. So they bring in this badass doorman, Dalton. You know what I mean? And he goes to war with the local mafia. Right. I'm not sure if when you bring in this badass doorman, him being a world famous UFC fighter is going <laughs> to solve the problem. Do you know what I mean? Number one is not no one's meant to know how much of a badass he is. Secondly, if you're known for being a fighter, you're just going to attract trouble. Do you know what I mean? I'm not slagging the movie off. I'm just saying, like, you know. In my experience, you don't throw an internationally world-famous fighter on the door and go, right, because that's just like a challenge. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Any dickhead in that town four beers deep is going to say, hey, I wonder if I can go beat up the former middleweight champion of the world. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. That's just you're taking a shot. Dalton's whole thing was we avoid fights at all costs. <laughs> and the answer to that question is no. You would not be able to beat up the former <laughs> middleweight champion of the world. Uh, no, listen, listen, we're, we're only having a bit of fun. We're not talking shit about it. Brian, I got, you're I back. Got all, I got Connor's parts queued oh, up. Oh, yeah, let's have a look. Let's have a look. Hey, fellas. Looks like you're having a smashy tonight. Dalton. I got a tip for you. Don't let no one get this close. Come on, bro. Let me guess. You know, threaten me. Tell me to get out of town. I get the impression that you can't be threatened. Well, 
once Nox is on the job, it's over, baby. It takes a lot to get me angry, but when I am, I just can't let go. People seem a little aggressive around here. And there it is. I'm sure it's going to be a fun little action flick. Um... I saw some comments and I thought they were great. Uh, what was it? What was it? Hold on. What did Connor say there? Well, number one, first of all, no wonder he didn't get back to the USADA testing pool any quicker because <laughs> he looks gigantic in that. Do you know what I mean? Um, there's a few. Oh, the Stockton slap was in there, mm-hmm. right? Somebody said that. Uh, the Chael Sonnen bit, I can't let you get close. Uh, that was in there. You know, ah, fair play to Connor. You know, well done to him. What do you think, Harrington? I think it's pretty telling that it is going directly to streaming is all I'm going to say. About I was going to say that <laughs> weird that they don't want a box office release for this one. Why would you say such a thing? Turns out pay-per-view just, sales don't necessarily translate to box office sales. Oh, I don't know. Jay Gyllenhaal is a pretty big deal. Yeah. And, but his last four or five movies have all been like on Netflix or Apple TV or whatever. Yeah, that's because these, by the way, I'm not defending or arguing your decision. That's because these streaming services, they make so much money. I just saw uh, in the last couple of months or so, Netflix, they've increased their subscription base by something like 10% or 15%, something like that. And they make, they generate something like, I forget what it was. I do, it was on the news yesterday, 20 odd billion a month or something crazy like that. Do you know what I mean? Just a shot in the dark. I'm imagining it has something to do with Disney's politics and their rapid decline. Mm, well, well, people I'm, have been leaving. jumping their subservice. They've just been like it's the uh, well, subscriptions have been dropping dramatically for them. Right. To, right, to be I fair, Netflix also put a stop to password sharing. So, I mean, I know over the last two quarters, that's just increased subscriptions, like, you know, significantly with all these yeah. millennials no longer able to trade off their parents, me being one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but nobody watches TV anymore. But the thing that pisses me off about streaming, though, is because, listen, streaming is great. You sit there, you binge watching all the rest of it. They're putting goddamn ads on it now. Right? And then, or, or Netflix, we don't have ads because we pay the more premium premium, you know, but a lot of stuff on prime or all these other services, they have a Hulu, they have ads. And then you go on prime even, and you watch it with free V or something like that. It is. And it's got fucking ads in it soon. All streaming services is just going to become TV again. You choose what it is you want to watch, but then you have to sit through ads. It wasn't the whole point of streaming in the first place that you didn't have ads. Because you paid for it. Yep. Yeah, and everything's on demand all under the same roof, but you got to go into your Roku and find out which one of 19 different uh, streaming services has the movie you want to watch from 1983. It has just made everything a little bit harder. Um, I have those numbers here. Uh, The Netflix quarter revenue, 8.83 billion versus 8.71 estimated. Uh, And their EPS is uh, 2.11 versus 2.19 estimated. Um, Only 8.12. 13.12 million new subs this quarter. Oh, wow. Wow. Well, well, no wonder they're struggling. Only, what was it, 8 billion a month? <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, as a guy that's currently pitching a TV show to all streaming services, we'll quickly get off that conversation real quick. <laughs> um, tell me about what's going on with Coffee Harrington. And Brian, I want you to jump on this one as well, because this is definitely 
up your street in terms of conversations and control. Uh, so this was a big talking point for the World Economic Forum uh, recently over the weekend. They, uh, the, they, this is the group of people who likes to get together, fly a bunch of private jets to an island to talk about what everybody else is doing with their carbon footprint. Um, they came out and said coffee is like a new big target for them. They say for every one ton of coffee created, up to 20 tons of CO2 is released into the air. Um, and because it is all run by you know these small coffee farms, a lot of people who are like dirt poor in uh, what they're calling the global south uh their idea is to get everything under like one you know big uh, uh banner where 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 you know they'll uh take over the means of production have it in, in a more green and sustainable way um and just hit these smaller farmers with these co2 tax credits uh or, or, or tax penalties that'll make it so that they can't possibly stay in business this is the worst i mean this is just another of the things that the WEF is doing to prove that they are actually that scene from the end of one of the newer James Bonds where it's just a bunch <laughs> of villains in a big room just trying to figure out how to fuck with people. Like, I, that has to be it. Because, first of all, I don't know who, who doesn't know this, but CO2 is what plants breathe. The more CO2, mm -hmm. the more plants we can have, the more oxygen we can make. It's fucking really easy math. There's a lot... This is going to get us kicked off at YouTube, so I'm not going to go too deep into oh, really? it. Yeah, but don't go too deep, Brian, because but, we're trying to follow it. But, but like, you could you could look into some of this global warming shit, and it's, like, real sketchy. Like, just the fucking air quote science behind it. It's just, like, it, it, doesn't, make, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, well, look, listen, first of all, it sounds, I mean, to anybody listening to that, it sounds like they want to shut down the small little independent people, take yeah. it all for themselves, and then they run it. How is, how is the way that they're going to run it help what they call a problem about the CO2 emissions? Well, because then only rich people get to drink coffee. Yeah, well, exactly. It's absolutely bloody ridiculous. But um, this is the World Economic Forum. I saw a clip last week. There was some, uh, they had like a blessing. Uh, they had some woman. Did you see that, Brian? Did. did you see that shit? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. God. As they you said, do. these people, the flying on the private jets. Look, listen, I'm all for less waste. I'm all for, um, you know, reducing plastics and all the rest of it and doing what we can. Um, I do think climate changes naturally, but I do think, obviously, human beings as a race We've, of course, contributed to that in some way. I think it's you would have to be a more to not accept that we have contributed to a certain degree. Think about the Industrial Revolution, and there's millions and millions of cars, if not billions of cars on the bloody planet, right? But that isn't the, the, the issue. Do you know what I mean? It's not the only issue. There's just natural cycles, of course, you know? Uh, so I'm all we're for We're living at the end of an ice age. Like, scientifically speaking, we're still in an ice age. So <laughs> the the only path for us to take at this point is for it to warm up before it goes through another cycle. Like, it, it's it's silly. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I'm not denying that or doubting that, and I haven't studied it, but it sounds uh, plausible. But I think it's also plausible that, yeah, look, listen, yeah, are we contributing? Yeah, we are. Are you going to start fucking stopping people driving cars and growing coffee beans and all the rest of it, you know, while they fly to wherever it was on their private jets and then get a blessing by uh, some native Indian uh, and they all sit there and we're supposed to drink their coffee or sip their bullshit and, and think – that it's all okay. I mean, they're out of the goddamn minds. Look at this. Look at this, this. woman. I mean, hey. She spits on everybody's forehead. <laughs> what are we doing here? I thought this was supposed to be a health and wellness forum for the world or whatever. Then they have this crazy lady spitting on everybody's faces. 
It's that insane. looks like a surefire way to spread COVID internationally. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, God. Uh, all right. What else have we got, Harrington? Any, it's, there's no fights this week, of course. Kayla Harrison coming over to the UFC. Uh, that'll be interesting to see how she does. We never really got into it too much. Um, 135 pounds. Apparently, she's been doing some test cuts. Uh, but still, will she be the same person? That, that, that's the big question because she competed at 78 kilos in judo, right? Come And 155 in PFL. Going down to 135, there's going to have to be a big, big overhaul in terms of the amount of protein, the training, the cardio. She's going to be massively diminished. She's going to be tired. Making 135 is not going to be easy for her. But I wish her all the best. But in terms of other mixed martial arts news, what else do we have? Hamza. What's going on with Hamza Harrington? Yeah, I thought this was interesting. So <clears throat> Hamza, uh, he he gave like a pretty scathing interview. He was talking to Brad Akamoto of ESPN. Um, but, but he started with this. All these guys have fought each other and only me is undefeated, undisputed at 13-0. They promised me after the Kamara Usman fight, uh, I will for sure fight for the title. I won that fight, so I don't know what's going on. I heard Dana White say, I don't think Hamza is next for the title. That's BS. If you promised me something, you have to answer it. Yeah. So so I did see that and for sure understand this frustration, right? Because Dana did say that. He said that publicly as well. Um, but things change. I mean, the, the, re the reality is, I mean, I'm assuming this is what happened. I haven't spoken to anybody at the UFC about it, but he hurt his hand. So then therefore, Drake has stepped in. Remember, Sean got the title shot because Drake was injured. Then Hamza was promised a title shot, but he couldn't because he hurt his hand. So then Dricker uh, steps in and takes that spot. And it's just, it, it's always moving along. The situations are always changing. And then there's always new narratives and there's more demand from certain fans for certain fights. So I understand it. And it's just a shame that his hand got hurt because if his hand didn't get hurt, there could have been a really good chance that Hamza would have been up there in Toronto fighting Sean Strickland. But that just ain't the situation these days. I think the main thing for Hamzat Chimev is just to get back in there and start fighting. It looks like he's in he's in phenomenal shape. I saw some training footage the other day, looking fast and sharp. You know, Hamzat's got a lot to give. He is undefeated. He is a big name. Um, he did have that opportunity. But as shit happens, bad luck happens, and I feel for the guy, you know. But it seems to me from the outside – just looking at the facts, that seems to be the situation, right? Certainly. And he seems he seems pretty pissed off that, you know, the both guys who were in the main event last week uh, essentially had the same thoughts on Hamzat saying that he is not, you know, he's not he hasn't earned his title shot. Right. Um, he hasn't he hasn't fought enough guys at 185. He hasn't he hasn't done what contenders have to do to get into that spot. So he came back and said, who is this Sean Strickland guy to be saying this? We sparred. I beat the crap out of him and to the point where he had to go to his coach and say, hey, this guy's going too hard. He pulls this like uh, bravado, tough guy, macho man stuff, but it's all nonsense because he went to a coach and said, this guy's going too tough in training. Ashron Strickland, he knows what happened. Mm, yeah, no, I did see that as well. So that's like, that's a great way to try and get a fight with the former champion. You know what I'm saying? And may maybe that might be the next one. Maybe that could be Hamza and Sean's next fight because I did say Jared Cannonier potentially for Sean. I know there's a huge part of the fan base wants to see Sean get an immediate rematch. 
It's probably going to be Izzy. Apparently, he's training down in Mexico at the moment. One would have thought he's working on his boxing down there and having some bloody killer tackles. Um, but so if Izzy's fighting Drickus, hey, Sean versus Hamza, because when you start talking that kind of shit, you know, that's going to get a response from somebody like Sean, you would have thought. And we did see that video. Remember that video doing the rounds a while ago? Sean, what it's it's he's being filmed and he goes over and he says to Hamza, he says, Hey, hey, take it easy, take it easy. You uh you're better than everybody here, you know what I mean? So just take it down a notch, you know. So and I don't know what the context of that video was. We don't know what happened before that. We don't know if he's talking about beating up other sparring partners. We've seen plenty of footage of Strickland beating the shit out of sparring partners. We've seen him beating the shit out of people that don't even train. Do you know what I mean? So it is a little rich that Sean said, hey, take it easy on everyone because you're just so good. Or maybe he was just being nice and polite and self-deprecating. There's many ways you can look at that. You know, maybe he was just saying it for the camera and just being nice and like, hey, dude, come on. You, you know, so, but yeah, I would like, I think that actually, Strickland versus Hamza. I, I actually think that makes a lot of sense. Certainly now, given the backstory, given the beef, given the shit talk, given that little clip, given the position that they're both in. Given their combined star power, I mean, we're talking yeah. just at this point, two of the biggest names in the in the UFC uh, who fight in the same division that you can match up against each other. I mean, that is that's one of the few fights I think you could put at the top of a pay-per-view without a title being on the line because they both just have such rabid fan bases. Yeah, well, I think uh, I don't. I mean, Dana said they're, they're yet to announce the main event of UFC 300, which, again, is just a ridiculous card from top to bottom already. So I'm excited for that. You never know. We might see uh, again, you know, <laughs> mine all over the place. We might see Tom Aspinall, Cyril Garn, you know, who knows, maybe Alex Pereira, Magomed Ankalaev. They have got some nice fights they can put on there. But remember, just around the corner from there is International Fight Week. Right, and we don't know if Connor's going to fight on that or not. But if he does, um, Hamza, Sean Strickland, co-main event for International Fight Week. I mean, that is that would be my if I was Mick Maynard, Dana White, Sean Shelby. That's that's what I'd be thinking right now, one hundred percent. Wow, getting those two. I mean, getting those two in the co-main event spot on a Connor card is like literally that's the next thing you'd have to do to take two of these people who were kind of like they're at that breaking point for like, you know, mm. just just to to blow. Putting either one of those guys in that spot is, you know, uh, look, if you if commentary ever is is getting boring, you should look into matchmaking because that's a pretty good spot to turn guys into superstars. Harrington, you've already got a job. I sent you a massive, massive, life-changing Christmas bonus. You don't need to kiss my ass. The believers are not going to like it, okay? <laughs> They're not going to like it. They prefer when you give me shit. And I prefer <laughs> it when you give me shit and disagree with me. Brian, can you just um, digitally give Harrington a slap in some way, shape, that's, or form? <laughs> that's uh, two demerits. We'll talk about it later. Yes, yes, Ooh, yes, I know. exactly. I know. Uh, Photoshop my face over one of those guys Jake Gyllenhaal was slapping in the parking lot. There you go. Oh, God. Oh, God. oh yeah. Uh, no, <laughs> no, no, no. Just no, make that, me do three hours of work to punish you. <laughs> the fuck yeah, out yeah ex exactly. No, no, that was the thing that I was thinking about before uh, when I said they had the uh, the Stockton slap and they had the chill. Hey, I can't get you too close. Somebody said on Twitter, they said they really fucked up here because when Connor goes in that opening scene, he says, oh, we're going to have a smashing time. They said they really missed the trick by it not being a dolly. Instead of whatever it is, I think he's got a shovel or a baseball bat or something. <laughs> he said it should have been a dolly. I thought that was pretty funny. All right, today's episode is sponsored by Shopify. And if you are a businessman, if you are a businesswoman, an entrepreneur, or you simply have an idea, 
It's time to turn that idea into a reality. And that is what Shopify is going to let you do. Okay. It's going to allow you to have an idea, create a business, get online, sell the product to everyone on the internet, take payment methods and do it all quick, easily, convenient, and more importantly, cheaply. Shopify will even let you sell across all social media marketplaces like TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram. And of course, it's packed with industry-leading tools ready to ignite your growth. Shopify gives you complete control over your business and your brand without having to learn any new skills in design or code. And also, there's a 24-7 extensive business course library, and they are there to support you every single step of the way. If you have a little business, rinky-dink, time to get serious. If you've got an idea for a brand and you want to sell, it's time to give Shopify a try. It's time to get serious about your business and go to Shopify right now and take advantage of this incredible offer. You can sign up for $1 per month at shopify.com slash believe, right? $1 per month. Think about this. You want a website, it'll cost you a bomb. You want to get all the the support, it's going to cost you a bomb. Well, right now you can sign up for $1 per month at shopify.com slash believe, all lowercase, shopify.com slash believe to take your business to the next level today, shopify.com slash believe. Anyway, 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 we'll get to some questions in just a minute. Do we have anything else? Uh, that's breaking Izzy. Oh, I want to see this footage. So Izzy's training down in Mexico, leading fans to speculate at a comeback for the former champion. I'd like to see this actually. I'll follow the game. I know you follow me. Nice. Um, it looked like you were holding pads for him there, Harrington. There's a significant <laughs> belly on that pad holder. I don't know what it is. Whenever I'm training and you're walking and the train is like really fat and out of shape, I'm like, oh. I'm sure you've got a lot of wisdom in there, but come on, bro. Have a bit of self-respect. <laughs> um, what do you think? Do you think that'll be the main event for UFC 300? Um, I mean, I, I don't know. The way Dana was talking about it, the like I, I watched his live yesterday. I tuned in when he was uh, he was promoting Power Slap, and then he was talking about different fights at three hundred. And the way he was saying it, it's like, oh, it's gonna it'll blow your mind. We're not sure if the fans can even handle uh, the main events that we're talking about. So it's like that leads me to think, like maybe not. But okay. you know what I mean? Like like it just leads me to think that yeah, there's no, something sure. that I'm outside not of the box. Processing, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. Right. From what you just said there. Sounds like something we wouldn't expect. Izzy versus Drake seems a very logical matchup. So I see what you're saying now. That does have me kind of excited or intrigued as to what that could be. Anyway, uh, no fights to talk about this weekend. So we're going to go straight to the question zone. If you have one, please send it in. A video question, of course. Uh, send it in to bympod at gmail.com. And if you're listening on Spotify, wherever you find podcasts, make sure to subscribe. Leave us a five-star rating, positive review. It really helps out on all those platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, uh, make sure to subscribe to the channel and you hit that notification bell to find out whenever a new uh, whenever a new video drops. And if you want to catch over 500 episodes, you can't find anywhere else completely ad-free and totally uncensored, head to gasdigital.com. Use the promo code BYM. Get a seven-day free trial. Check out over 20 great shows on the network. All right. So we got two good questions here today. First one is from Mr. Ryan Thompson. Hey, what's up, BYM? I'm sitting here recovering from an ACL surgery. 
from uh, a wrestling accident. Uh, do you guys have any suggestions, uh, Anthony and Michael, about uh, recovery and uh, what I should do? Just had it done yesterday. I'm going to start PT in about uh, five days. Um, so yeah, if you guys have any suggestions, another question, I'll make it quick. So I think with Dana White not announcing Conor McGregor's fight, what I bet, and I've never heard anybody say yeah, this, it's just out of my mind, is I think they're going to let Roadhouse drop because McGregor's going to be a big star in that. As soon as Roadhouse drops and, and Conor's name's big and out there, I think they're going to announce his fight. So what do you think about that? Um, I just want to say I love the show so much. Um, Harrington, you're the man. Thank you for uh, showing my clip on the show. And Brian, uh, love your views on things. Uh, and overall, guys, you run a fantastic program. All right. Take it easy. Well, thank you very much, Ryan. What did he say? A torn ACL or partially torn or just an ACL injury? He just said injury. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought he said. Um, follow the doctor's orders. You know what I mean? Don't follow... <laughs> Mike Harrington's advice or my <laughs> advice. Statistically, historically, I have not recovered well from things. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? When my eye messed up, I didn't necessarily follow a doctor's orders. You know what I mean? Because you think you're in you think you're invincible. You think you you know, you think you can do it better. I was told not to move and all the rest of it. I was only walking, but it still caused other problems are probably spar too soon when it comes to the leg or anything like that. Just, just follow exactly what the doctors say, because we don't, you know, it's just such a common thing. We don't listen to the doctors because we think we know best. You know what I mean? All the time. Or like yesterday, I was in the doctors yesterday. I'm getting this neck procedure done soon. Yesterday they had to do another test. You know what I mean? Where So I went in yesterday, they numbed all my neck, stuck about 20 needles in or whatever the hell it was just as another test. And yeah, it, it I've got not much pain now, only the last 24 hours. Now they'll do the real thing. But even there, they were like, okay, uh, you need this Band-Aid on, like a huge, massive Band-Aid. Leave that on for 24 hours so it doesn't get wet. You know, I walked out, I ripped it off straight away. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's not comfortable <laughs> to wear. I don't need a giant Band-Aid on my neck. Do you know what I'm saying? Now, if I get infected and some shit gets into my bloodstream, then we know why. So as I say, don't listen to me. Listen to the doctors. They went and studied for a very long time. They know what they're talking about most of the time. And yeah, and I mean, like, I remember, I remember when I blew up my uh, my ankle when I was I came out to see you, and I was unfortunately in a walking boot, couldn't get any training in while I was out there. It's still uh, one of the biggest regrets uh, for me ever. But I remember, like, I definitely did push myself a little bit because it's like, oh, I got the stem cell shot, I feel fine, and it's like I didn't do any PT with that. I still feel a limp. Uh, to I still walk with like a bit of a limp to this day and it's like why why are we so stubborn why can't you just listen to a do do what the doctor says and you know because it's you're going to be in your body for quite a while hopefully I, I I was was it Jordan Peterson I think I think I read in his book he was talking about you know if um, a doctor prescribes us medication that's good for us a lot of the time mm -hmm. we don't take it all but if a doctor Sorry, sorry, if a vet prescribes you medication for your dog, you will make sure that that dog gets that medication every single day. You routinely do it. You put it in his food, however it is that you give the dog the medicine. So I forget what the point of it was, but uh, it was a very interesting take because he's right, because you do. I always, if I get antibiotics or anything like that, I always forget to take it. I do. But if it's the dog, 
And it's not that we care more about our dogs, but we, you know, when it comes to us, we kind of abandon our own self-interest at times, which is kind of strange when you think about it. But I think it's like, I think it is that, that I know better, right? I know my own body. I feel fine. Why would I continue mm. to listen to what this doctor said when I'm feeling fine? You don't know how your dog's feeling. Your dog can't tell you, Hey, I don't need that medicine anymore. I'm feeling fine. The dog's fighting you on taking the medicine from day one. Just keep feeding that medicine, Harry. Shut the hell up. Uh, thank you for the question, Ryan. Not going to dignify the second part with a response. I don't think the UFC are waiting for Roadhouse to drop so that pay-per-view sales go through the roof. Connor's already a gigantic superstar when it comes to the sport of mixed martial arts and pay-per-view. One to ten, his name's in most of them. You know what I mean? So I don't think they're waiting for that. Um, but it will be interesting to see when they do announce his fight still. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, Next question, please, Brian. All right. <coughs> Excuse so we me. Got, we got a question here from Mr. Autry Poor. Hey, what's up? My name's Autry Poor from the Dominican Republic, and I've been competing in judo um, since I was like six. I was on the judo national team for a little while, and well, I recently retired because of college and work and whatever. And well, three questions. Number one is how many days a week do you think that it takes to of training to at least maintain a level of skill? Number two, do you uh, have you guys ever tried judo? Because I mean, people say that wrestling's the hardest martial art, but I mean, I've tried wrestling; it's not even close to judo. And number three, uh, do you think that judo has a place in MMA? So people like Khabib and Patty Pimblet using it. Well, let me know. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. Uh, Shouts out the Dominican Republic. Not a bad place to live. Um, let me see. Listen, wrestling is much harder than judo. I'm just going to throw it out there. Spoken like a true judoka. I don't <clears throat> know what kind of style of judo that you're playing down there, uh, but wrestling is way harder. I was telling my wife about, you know, Leah McCourt has been doing updates on the Irish fighter that hurt himself recently. I was showing Rebecca yesterday. Mm -hmm. It's awful. And that was a wrestling injury. Right. He got taken down with a body lock. So he, and the arm was trapped. He couldn't post. And he hit his head and he's, I think he's paralyzed from the neck downwards. My neck, which I'm getting treated, comes from wrestling. Okay. My knees, that came from wrestling. The wear and tear on the body. Callum had to stop his wrestling career because he had so many injuries and surgeries and he's only 22 years old. So when he was done with college, he said, you know, he said, that's it. So not downplaying judo. I think it does have a place in mixed martial arts. A lot of the throws are very, very useful. Like you'll see, for example, DC labels it a wizard kick, um, but it's a judo throw. It may, may be a wizard kick where you use your hips and you've got the wizard, you've got your, the overhook and you, you're throwing your hip over, you know, you're throwing them over mm -hmm. your hip and then you kick your leg out. Yeah, so wrestling used the same maneuver. They call it a wizard kick. It's a variety, one of many, many different varieties of ogashi. That is a hip throw in Japanese terminology for you there. That's that Japanese oh, jiu-jitsu black belt coming out. Um so, yeah, yeah, no, of course, who do we have? Cairo Parisian, of course, Ronda Rousey, Kayla Harrison. You know, so many people have implemented judo at a very, very high level. It's a great martial art, it is, but uh, don't think it's tougher than wrestling. No disrespect to any judokas. Uh, and then how many days a week? Well, you never lose it, bro. You never, if the skill is acquired, yeah, you got to keep your knives sharp. You got to keep the blade sharp. But yeah, man, it never goes away. Like it's like riding a bike. You know, once you instill that skill into you, 
It's very, very hard. You might get a little bit rusty, then it'll come back very soon. But like when I go and do jiu-jitsu, I don't do it very often. But when I go and do jiu-jitsu, it's still there. I've forgotten some of it, but then after like half a session, it all starts flooding back and the cerebral cortex and the neural pathways open up and there you go. Next minute, you're submitting every fucker in the room. Do you know what I mean? And that could be you one day in the Dominican Republic. Uh, thank you for the question. Brian, we've got no more. We've got a silly one. We've got a stupid one. We've got a goddamn ridiculous one just for shits and giggles. Well, we have some, some older dated ones, but... Uh nothing that can uh nothing that's really relevant right now okay okay well ladies and gentlemen that's the show thank you very much enjoy the weekend we'll be back with anthony smith on monday have you ever wondered how to say good morning in italian or what is goodbye in french you can ask alexa just say what is happy birthday in german or how do you say hello in japanese do you want to know how to say i love you in spanish Ask Alexa and start learning a new language today.